Yeah. We're living in the day when it's in vogue to be vague. Preacher, you just about think he's going to say it and then he swerves and bypasses. Hallelujah. But God being my helper, I want to say what the Holy Ghost wants us to say this revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. We change. I said we change. Styles change. Governments change, thank God. Hallelujah. You'd have to be from Little Rock to really appreciate the changes getting ready to take place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Automobiles change. Everything changes. We change. I've lost over 1,200 pounds in the last decade. Think about that. But in the midst of all this change, there's one that changes not. And that's our God. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you a question before we get into this meeting. Uh, does it ever bug you that the devil's more committed to his job than we are our job? Does it ever bug you? I've never heard of two or three little devils getting together and splitting off and starting another hell. But here's, some, here's something we need to ask ourselves. That how far do we want God to get down into our lives this week? Do we want to have a bondo surface job or do we want God to get really down where the rust is and the corruption and the corrosion and, and give us a life-changing experience? Just how far do you want God to go in your life? Remember, the same hand that sent the manna killed Uzzah when he touched the Ark of the Covenant. The same hand that brought him out of Egypt sent him into Babylon. Standing over a cripple, he asked him, said, do you want to be made whole? See, God wants to know what you want. Eye to eye with a man that just been healed of blindness, he said, do you believe that, that I am? Hallelujah. Near the tomb of Lazarus, he turned around to Martha and said, I'm the resurrection. Do you believe that? God will whisper, he'll shout, he'll touch, and he'll tug. He'll take our burdens. He'll even take our blessings. If we ask him to get involved in our life, hallelujah, praise God, praise God. I've asked him to get involved in my life. Come on. I said, I've asked him to get involved in my life. Hallelujah. Another ministry that, uh, I've initiated under the banner of multicultural ministries in the home mission division is outreach to the Jewish community. And we're reaching the people that God specifically said to reach. Hallelujah. And we're having a lot of Jews get the Holy Ghost around the country and get baptized in Jesus' name. Had a young man in Los Angeles, California that works for Walt Disney Studio. He's real high up in the Disney Studio. Came to church, got the Holy Ghost, the power of God knocked him down. He had never said the name of Jesus in his life except my cousin. And the power of God knocked him down, and when he got up, he was speaking in tongues and, and raised Orthodox Jew, baptized him in Jesus' name. And he's, he's witnessed all those people in show business about what Jesus is and what Jesus can do in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was with... I was, in a place the other day I'd never been before, Brother Godair, in Israel. I thought I'd seen it all and been there and done that. And, and But they took us to the induction center where they're bringing the Jews from all over the world that's coming home. Something about those Jews are coming home in this end time. That's one of the greatest prophecies being fulfilled. And I was there with some uh, uh, Jewish scholars. And one's name was Ezra. And the, the other's name was uh, uh, Mordecai. And, and we got to talking. He said there's... Uh, 70 languages spoken by the Jews that's coming home there right now in that place. 
And I said, say that again, Ezra. And he said, there's 70 languages spoken. He said, why do you say that, Reverend Mahoney? And I said, I said, because when the Torah, when the law was given and they was in the desert, God spoke in 70 languages. When they brought them out to Elam, there were 70 palm trees. There were 70 members of the Sanhedrin, and God said he's restored Israel back in their 70 languages. And these Jewish scholars said, well, would you preach to us? Would you just talk to us, Reverend Mahaney, like we was in your synagogue? Hallelujah. And I preached Jesus to those guys until they couldn't hardly sit down. And one of them looked at me and said, if Jesus was not the Messiah, he was the closest thing that ever hit this world to being the Messiah. I said, now hang on to your beanie, buddy. I'm going to tell you something. He was the Messiah. Hallelujah. He was the Messiah. He was the Messiah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We're excited about being here with all of you and feeling the presence of God. Brother Godair preached us in March at uh, headquarters and uh, done an awesome job. Stirred all of our workers. We usually have a split session. The whole mission division meets in one place and, and we bring all of our work. Boy, we had a slug of workers, didn't we? Doctor, hallelujah. And uh, I, I'm not talking about people. You don't see many brass name plates and personalized license plates and, and uh, Tommy, what's his finger, neckties and among those cats. This is where the rubber meets the road. Hallelujah. And Brother Godair flat preached to us and made us have a burden for souls like we hadn't had in a long time. I told him, I said, you've proven one thing to our movement. You don't have to be good looking to be used of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just marry a good looking girl. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Ruth, the second chapter, second chapter of the book of Ruth, the eighth book of the Bible, the eighth book of the Bible. The eighth book of the Bible, the second chapter. And when this was canonized, I believe God had his hand in it because eight is a number of new beginnings. That little Moab girl came off the plains of Moab and got in a covenant with the mighty God of heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody say, we're still turning, Brother Charlie. But we'll find it here in North Carolina. Praise God. Praise God. The 13th and 14th verses, and we're going to read in John 13. When you got it, say, we got it. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not likened to one of thine handmaidens. I'm different, but bless me. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread. And dipped thy morsel in the vinegar, and she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. Then John the 13th chapter. John the 13th chapter. Hallelujah. The 21st verse. Everybody say, Boaz. Gave Ruth bread. The 21st verse of the 13th chapter. When Jesus had thus, had, had, that thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on his Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Then if you'll if you'll look at the 30th verse, he then having received the sop went immediately out and it was night. I want to preach a little while on this beautiful Sabbath evening on after the sop, after the sop. You may be seated. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. How you doing, mama? Hallelujah. Praise God. After the sop. I'm going to tell you like... Uh, Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband, I'm not going to hold you very long. Hallelujah. 
Now, we've got multicultural evangelism. We've got everything from hula hoop to popper knockers. But what we need is a good old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. We've studied it in the Greek, the Latin, and the Hebrew. We've analyzed it and dissected it and everything. And what we need is an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, every one of us was born in revival. You wasn't born in some dead church where you couldn't feel nothing but the air conditioner. So cold you could ice skate up the center aisle and shake hands with a polar bear behind the pulpit. You was saved in a red-hot revival. It might have been 20 there or 2,500, but you were saved in a Holy Ghost atmosphere. I'm not leaving here quietly. I'm not leaving here without revival. I'm not leaving here with my hands folded singing, I shall not be moved. Come on, I'm going to have a last day revival. We tried everything, and I'm not knocking methods. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. But I don't believe the answer. I don't believe John the Baptist get everybody a free camel ride that would come out and hear him. Come on, I think they had a move of God. See our hearts. You know, if you'll notice wherever your heart goes, it ain't going to be long till your heels are following you. We can't work up what's not there. Boy, the song leaders can just rub out and throw themselves out of joint trying to lead us. But if it's not there, they can't work anything up. Come on. We, we, we don't need to ask God to make us humble. The Bible said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I'm hungry for the sop tonight. I'm hungry for the bread of God tonight. I'm hungry for a touch of God tonight. God spoke to me the other day. I was laying on the floor about three o'clock in the morning and God spoke to me and said, I'm, 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 I'm reestablishing the body of Christ in these last days. I said, what are you talking about? God Talk to me like I'm a third grader. And God said, I can't uh, talk to you that high. I've got to get lower than that. Hallelujah. I said, talk to me. And God said, there was three pillars in the New Testament church and I'm going to bring those pillars back into the church. And each man of God is going to have that pillar in them. And each lady's going to have that pillar. I said, talk to me. He said, Peter was the hand of the church. He was the preacher. Come on. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. He's the one that reached for the sword and was going to cut, Mal and cut Malchus's ear off. He was the hand of the church. God said, we've had preaching. We've had old time preaching. We've had Jesus name preaching. We've had one God preaching. Can't nobody preach like an on fire Holy Ghost preacher. We've had that. And he said, he said, we're not going to, we're, we're going to have preaching like we've never had in these last days. And he said, Paul was the mind of the church. Gird up the loins of your mind. Your mind is your productive area. Don't produce thoughts that'll drag you away. Come on. That's why he was crucified at Skull Hill at the place of the skull. And they put the thorns on his crown, on his brow. God said, Paul was the mind of the church. Our minds are going to be enlightened. We're going to have revelation like we never had. I know more about prayer than I did 20 years ago. I know more about worship than I did 20 years ago. But John said, God said, the last ministry I'm going to restore is the bosom ministry. He said, John laid on the bosom of Jesus Christ. He never got involved in the debates. He never got involved in the doctrinal splits. All he did was just worship God. He said, I'm going to have a people that don't care what anybody else does. They just praise me and worship me. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Let them argue. Let them fuss. I'm going to worship God and have revival in these last days. That don't mean we're clones. That don't mean we don't stand for anything. I had a preacher tell me the other day, he said, if I preached it like I needed to, he said, all my people walk out and I wouldn't have any financial base. I said, you know what you are? You're a pulpit prostitute. Didn't go over real well. Hallelujah. Come on. When the prophet was anointed, they poured the oil on the head. Jesus said, I'm the head. Then the oil got down on the beard. That's the, that's the masculinity in the church. Good God, we need men in these last days to stand up. The ladies have carried this long enough. We need men of God that'll stand up. Come on, men that'll back this pastor up. Our ladies have been the showcase. Everybody's looked at our ladies and said, aren't they beautiful? But I'm going to tell you what the Bible said, not just our ladies, but holy men of God lifting their hands without fear and without doubting.
We've fallen for one of the great scams of church growth. We go hear men that not even anointed tell us how to build churches. And you know what they tell us? Whatever you come out of, that's what you need to go reach. If you're an ex-con, go reach ex-cons. If you're a businessman, go reach businessmen. If you're black, just stay with the black people. If you're Spanish, reach the Spanish people. If you're fat, reach the fat folks. Come on. But Jesus never operated like that. Come on, you know who should have went to the, to the Jews? It should have been intellectual Paul. Tribe of Benjamin, Pharisee of the Pharisees. Come on, not coming behind blameless in the law. He should have went to the Jews and ignorant, stupid Peter should have went to the Gentiles. But God took Peter and sent him to the Jews and took Paul and sent him to the Gentiles. You know why? God doesn't want us to blend in. He wants us to stand out in these last days. Come on. Because if he puts you in a situation that you don't know how to handle it, the only thing you can do is depend on the anointing. Good God Almighty, we need to be anointed in these last days. Hallelujah. See, Ruth, the eighth book of the Bible, the little Gentile bride that become the bride of Boaz. Hallelujah. Back then, the food stamp system was they left the corner of the fields unharvested. And if you was walking down the street, driving along your chariot and had a Big Mac attack, you just got out in somebody's corners of their field. Hallelujah. And Ruth, the little Gentile woman, came all the way. She made a statement standing on the plains of Moab, and she said, Orpah kissed Naomi and, and, and left. And, but Ruth claved to her. She said, suffer me not to go. Wherever you go, I'm going. Your God's going to be my God. Your people's going to be my people. And she sealed the destiny. She didn't know that she was stepping into the bloodstream of the Messiah. Hallelujah. And she walked over and she saw Boaz riding that white horse out across there. Come on. If I'd have been Boaz, his name would have been Harley. And she goes over. And Boaz noticed her. I'm going to tell you what. God saw you when you was out there without any hope. God just didn't see you when you walked in here or somebody taught you a Bible study. God saw you out there in Moab. God saw you when all hell was breaking loose. God saw you when your husband was spending the money for booze. God saw you when you didn't have a hope. God saw you when you was rolling up a joint out of a baggie in a zigzag paper. God saw you when you was drinking that Thunderbird wine. Come on, but you made a statement on the plains of your destiny. I got to have something greater than this. See, Boaz came and Ruth came. Now, when he took that bread and he broke that bread and he put it in vinegar and dipped it to her, we take salt in Israel and say, uh, we, we give you salt because it's, you'll always have the salt of life. We give you bread that you'll never be hungry. We give you wine that you'll always have joy. That's a covenant. And he handed it to Ruth. And he told his reapers, now watch, boys. When you see her start reaching, then you start dropping the wheat. Boy, what a principle, Lord, to smack us right between our eyes, hit us right in the kisser. When you see her start reaching, you start dropping the wheat. Sit there and fold your little pink palms and sing, I shall not be moved. Couldn't get a used demon to chase you. Come on. Come on, God doesn't drop anything. God doesn't drop anything. God doesn't drop anything. But he told the reapers, you watch, you keep your eye on Ruth. God's told his angels, you keep your eye down there on, on, on that church right down there. Hallelujah, Durham. You keep your eye on that place. Why? Because I've got some people that's going to receive the sop this week. I've got some people when Tuesday night service is over, they're going to walk out of this place with destiny on them. They'll never be the same the rest of their life. 
Come on, when does God start dropping? When you start reaching, baby. Hallelujah. If you'll start reaching, God will start dropping. Say, I don't feel like it. He didn't say, Ruth didn't feel like it. Sweating like a dog out there in the sun. You gotta reach it. When you reach God, we'll start dropping it. Hallelujah. 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 Boaz was opening up the covenant to her. Come on. An alien. A Moabite. A little goy. A little Gentile stranger. And when Boaz reached her the south, he was including her in the covenant. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want to take you to the Passover. You ever been to a Jewish Passover? I was out of Brother Pew's last year before last, and we had a, the whole Passover Seder had, had, in the fellowship hall. Had all the stuff fixed, and I explained the Passover step by step. The power of God fell in that place, and Brother Pew said, you answered questions that I've wondered about for 50 years. The Pesach, the Passover. There's four cups of wine consumed that night. The first cup is what we call the Kadush cup, which is the cup of holiness. That's what makes us holy, because he's holy. Come on. I'm not holy because I got my hair cut look like a 57 Chevy with both doors open. That ain't what made me holy. That's a result of being holy inside. My wife's not holy because she don't wear men's clothes. I want a wife, not a bodyguard. Come on, I'm not holy because I don't watch HBO or smoke Lucky Strikes. Or I don't chew and run around cats that do. Hallelujah. That's not what makes me. Living in a hole never made anybody any holier. I'm holy because he made me holy. He drank the cup of holiness. He made me righteous. Hallelujah. He sanctified me. Come on. Somebody said, well, the young boys has got to do a little tomcatting. No, God will take the tomcat out of you, buddy. Come on. God will make you walk right. God will make you want to live right. God will make you young people on a date to tell Tarzan to stay on his side of the car. Keep his hands to yourself. Come on, it'll make you watch things that's right. It'll make you listen to things that's right. It'll make you, it'll make you read things that's right. Come on, this pastor can't follow you around. We need to let him sanctify us again. Separate us from the world. Hallelujah. He drank the cup of sanctification. The second cup is the cup of plagues. That's what he was drinking in the garden of Gishmatni or Gethsemane, the, the olive press, when he said, let this cup pass from me. Come on. Let it pass from me. See, everybody wants the product, but nobody wants the process. Everybody wants to shuck and jive and have their picture in the Pentecostal hair and be Mr. Cool, but nobody wants the process. The process is Gethsemane. The process is the oil press. Come on. Somebody said, boy, I'd like to be Brother Godair. You don't want to be Johnny Godair. You don't want to go through the hell he's went through. You don't want to fight the demons he's fought to bring this in and to, and to bring North Carolina to where she is today. There wasn't any North Carolina much till this dude got here. Hallelujah. Come on. You said, I'd like to know. You don't want to. I'd like to be. You don't want to be Charlie Mahaney. Come on. You don't want to be Wayne Huntley. You don't want to be Jeff Arnold. You don't want to be Jack Cunningham or Billy Cole. You know why? Because you got to go to Simony first. There's got to be a crushing. Every ingredient of the anointing oil was crushed. There's a crushing. Everybody wants the product, but we don't want the process. Come on. Lord, make me what you want me to be. Put me on the wheel. And when God puts us on the wheel, we say, good God Almighty, get me off this wheel. Or we get mad and stay home on Monday night. Or worse than that, we become a gypsy for Jesus and change churches. Come on. I want the salt. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. He drank the cup of the plagues. The God-forsaken God laying claw on that damp, dewy ground in Gethsemane, saying, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. And he looked into the cup, and when he looked into the cup, he saw, he saw his disciples over here that nobody could help him if he didn't drink the cup. He saw Peter, James, and John. Peter snored, and John grunted, and James turned over. 
He looked up through the eastern gate. You could see the hull, the gate that was standing open for Passover, and he could see in there. He couldn't see back in the Holy of Holies, but he could see where the when the priest was getting everything ready for sacrifice. He looked down into the telescope of prophecy and saw a young boy from Missouri without hope named Johnny. He said, I'm going to die for him. He looked into cell block J, cell number 14, saw a little fat half Jewish kid that nobody wanted named Charlie, and he said, I'm going to die for him. Hallelujah. Come on, cell block J, cell number 14. No, I had no hope. Nobody cared about me. But God said, I'll die for him. Hallelujah. I'll drink the cup. I'll drink the cup. I'll drink his hate. I'll drink his fear. I'll drink everything that's ever went against him. I'll drink his abuse. I'll drink his rejection. I'll drink his bigotry. I'll drink his hate. I'll drink his loneliness. And he drank the cup for me. That's why I shout. That's why I never thought about going back. Good God, I don't want to go back to that. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, he drank it for me. He drank it for me. He saw me in that cup. He saw the church. He didn't come to build a pale, palsied, powerless, plastic, pathetic church. Come on, he come to build a church that the gates of hell can't prevail against it. I don't care how many windshields they break on the parking lot. The devil can't stop this church. I don't care how much they come against this church. Hell can't stop this church. Come on, every bald-headed, buck-toothed, knock-kneed, yellow-bellied, bull-legged, skin-back devil in North Carolina can't stop this church. Why? He bought this church. This is not Johnny Godair's church. This is his church. I'll never forget it, Brother Godair. I was preaching for Buck Treadway. You ever had old Buck out here? He's a piece of work, ain't he? He knocked on my door. I come to the door. He said, are you there, Charlie? I said, what do you want, Buck? He said, I want to talk to you. I said, I've got a special place. He can't talk this fast. I've got a special place. I'm a Yankee. I can't talk slow. You're not going to get boots on me to get me to pick up. I'll never be a redneck. But he's got a place where he prays every morning at his church. And he said, boy, I don't know. He said, I was praying there this morning. He said, I've never heard the devil speak. I've never seen an angel. But he said, the devil walked up behind me. And in the most horrible voice, he said, Buck Treadway, I'm going to tear your church to pieces. He said, I was horrified. He said, you could feel the cold, clammy spirit of the devil. He said, I got up. I got in the car. Went over and he said, when I drove up, his wife Pat was standing on the front porch. And she said, Buck, the devil's been here and told me that he's going to tear your church to pieces. Buck said, I'll be back, baby, when I heard from God. He went in and fell in the altar and began to seek God. He said, God, the devil said he's going to tear my church to pieces. He said, what should I tell the devil? He said, God spoke to me in the most beautiful voice. He said, you tell the devil that you don't have a church. Come on. You tell the devil you don't have a church. You know where he purchased this church? Right there in the damp, dewy ground of Gethsemane when the God-forsaken God was clawing the ground saying, let this cup pass from me. And he looked down and he saw Pentecost and he saw Azusa Street and he saw this last day revival. Come on, God already purchased this last day revival. We don't have to pray for revival. We just need to step into it. He's already opened the door. Then at this point, he takes the bread and he prays the blessing over the bread, the Hebrew blessing. And he breaks the bread. And he takes the third cup of wine, which is the cup of redemption. Call it the cup of Mashiach, the cup of the Messiah. 
and he drinks it, showing the world who he was. He didn't become God when he was a baby at Bethlehem. He was God when the Holy Spirit filled Mary's womb. He didn't just become God when uh, he was 12 years old and went down to be examined for his bar mitzvah and, and talked to the doctors and and the doctor said, from which comes this knowledge of the law? I'd like to have been there and said, doctor, that means the lawgiver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't become God when he was 30 years old and went down for his mikvah at, when, when John the Immerser. Come on, he was God all the time. Hallelujah. See, in the Old Testament, he was concealed, but in the New Testament, he became revealed. In the Old Testament, he's enfolded. In the New Testament, he was unfolded. In the Old Testament, he was a picture. In the New Testament, he was a person. In the Old Testament, he was veiled. In the New Testament, he's unveiled. In the Old Testament, he's wrapped. In the New Testament, he's unwrapped. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, he's a substance. In the New Testament, he's a fulfillment. Hallelujah. The ancient of days became the infant of days. He, was, he made man, but he was made of man. Come on. Hallelujah. As man, he was tempted. As God, he was without sin. As man, he wept. As God, he said, come forth. As man, they carried him in a boat. As God, he said, let me walk on those waves. He was the Messiah. He was the Messiah. He was the Messiah. He was the Messiah. My friend Ezra, the Jewish scholar, turned to me. He said, you know why that, that the Nazis have never been able to kill us, Reverend Mahoney? He said, you know why they've never been able to stop the Jewish people? He said, you know why the, the death camps couldn't stop us? The ovens couldn't stop us? He said, because every time we'd walk into those death camps, every time they'd take us to a gas chamber, and they'd take the mamas and put them over here with the babies, and they'd take the daddies over here, and, and, and they'd put us in the, he said, you know what we'd say? We'd walk in, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And he said, I'm going to tell you what, you'll never get us Jews to believe in three gods. Hallelujah. We've always believed in one, we'll always believe in one. Come on, I'm not going to trade this. You can have it for a bunch of charismatic Croft if you want to. I'm not trading this. I love Jesus name baptism. I love the oneness of God. I love holiness. I love Pentecostal worship. Hallelujah. Come on, trade all this for a mess of pottage. Trade all this for a, a program. Trade all this for boot scooting boogie. Trade all this for uh, growling like lions and, and clucking like chickens and folks blowing it. I'm not trading this. I want old time apostolic Pentecostal. Come on. I am that Moabite. I was a helpless, hopeless person that had no hope. And Boaz took the south and Boaz handed it to me. Say, what about the fourth cup, Brother Charlie? Ask me, say, what about the fourth cup? He took it and pushed it back, said, I'll drink this. New in the kingdom with you. That's why we come here tonight to chug a leg. Come on. When I drank, I drank. I never was a sipper. I'd get me a bottle of Jack Daniels, black label, take the cork out, throw the cork away. Everybody else sitting around holding that little pink out. I'd... I couldn't afford Jack Daniels. It was Thunderbird, Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill. What do you mean, yeah? You walk by a liquor store, you pass out. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, he said, hallelujah. He's agreeing with me. I just figured it out. Mad Dog 2020. Ripple. Come on. That old hooch. I can spot you. you. got that line across there. We held that fruit jar up there all that year. I don't like drunks. I don't like the way they talk, the way they smell, the way they do with their families. But there's one thing I admire about those suckers. 
It don't matter where they're at. We was on an airplane. We was talking about that. We was on an airplane. Two guys. Why do they just keep throwing those drinks into those people on airplanes? And two guys got in a literal fist fight on the airplane. On the airplane. Me and my wife sitting back there. Another preacher and his wife sitting across the aisle. And a youth pastor, Brother Tim Gaddy, was sitting right behind the two guys fighting. I said, break it up, Tim. He said, I ain't getting involved. You get up here and help me, Brother Mahaney. You ever been around drunks and be sober? That's miserable. I think we don't I think we need to get so salty on the word we make everybody around us thirsty. Hallelujah. You know what our problem is? We got drunk at Pentecost. We sobered up and lay on the sea. We got drunk at the turn of the century. And now we're into the end time. We're all sober, intellectual, proper Christians. How long has it been since we had a Saturday night where we had to carry people out? Good God, I'm hungry for a move of God. Come on, when he handed the sock to Ruth, she could have anything in the kingdom she wanted. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want you want. Some of you leave the church if you thought you could be on millionaire. Regis would say, final answer. Come on. We're so ate up with materialism. Come on. What we need is a touch of the Holy Ghost. See, see, Melchizedek brought bread and wine to Abraham. He was preaching Jesus to Abraham. Do you know that the fellowship that only one tribe, listen, you had to be selected out of one tribe and you had a 250,000 to one chance of ever going into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Holy of Holies. No chance. No chance. No chance. But that veil ripped in twain from the top to the bottom. And those two cherubims that were prohibitive, each one fell to the side instead of being prohibitive. They became ushers into the presence. It's the day of the usher. It's the day when, I'm not talking about guys that wear badges and take the offering and, and uh, count it. I'm talking about it. This is the day of the porters in the house of God. Do you know when, uh, do you know that, that the, when the Ark of the Covenant was down at Obed Edom's house, they come and got the ark. And you never hear anything about Obed Edom from then. Then it lifts the porters in the house of God. And Obed Edom's one of the porters. You know what? We need people that just become porters in the spirit to say, okay, Holy Ghost, we want you to come in here. Hallelujah. We're so ate up with protocol. It's time to get radical. You know, in the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews, it said there was no way into the Holy of Holies. But in the tenth chapter, it said now there's a new and living way. He just ripped it open. Hallelujah. Come on. And you know what? I know the high priest. And I can walk up and touch him anytime I want to. Come on. It's time to get radical. It's time to get excited. It's time to have hand clapping. It's time to move out in the spirit of God. Don't worry about protocol. Don't sit there and act cute. Hell's attacking you physically and in your finances and in your family. We don't need to be dignified. Your miracle tonight is in you touching him. Come on. You know the greatest, you know why we don't have revival? Because we're willing to feel the presence of God and let the Shekinah move away from us. Good God, it's time to get the sock. Hallelujah. Come on, he's reaching it out to you. You, your miracle is in you touching him. You've got to get relentless. Come on, it's time to get tenacious, persistent. Here he comes. There's a time element involved here. Come on, when that woman with the issue came and she touched Jesus, she didn't have 20 minutes to make up her mind. She's walking away with some big shot. She's walking away with the superintendent of the synagogue. Don't touch him, don't touch him. No, there's a time element. My God, don't let him get by. Come on, get wild, get crazy. He wasn't even looking at her. You ever feel like God wasn't even looking Do you ever feel like God wasn't even looking? 
We went through a trauma the last two or three weeks. Sister go there, my wife found a growth in her body and, 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 and we travailed and prayed. And she said, it don't seem like God's not even looking. But God's looking when you don't know he's looking. God's listening when you don't know he's listening. Hallelujah. Three o'clock in the morning, God spoke to me and said, get up, go tell your wife. Everything's all right. Not to worry. I've taken care of it. She went in. They'd done all the tests and the doctor walked in. He said, Miss Mahaney said, it's all right. We're not even going to do anything. Hallelujah. Listen, when you don't think God's looking, you know what? When the crisis comes, we get serious. What would happen if we, if we got serious before the crisis hit? What would happen if every service was an arena? What would happen if every service that we got the sop and we just dipped it in the lamb and said, I'm going to have whatever God God's got for me. I'm not sitting here not getting it. Everybody say, here he comes. That woman should have settled down. Come on. Do you know that it was illegal for her against the halakha, against the law, for her to touch that, or for that priest to be where she had even been with that issue? Did you know that? We use scriptures, we use scriptures to excommunicate people. Have you ever stopped to think that Simon the leper, everybody say the leper, looked over what he was to criticize a woman that was trying to touch him, touch Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come here a minute, cat. Slip here. Come here. Sit down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's the guy somewhere halfway between Jerusalem and Jericho. Somewhere on that 17-mile trek, he was ambushed, beaten, wounded, left to die. In the most religious place in the world. Not just the synagogue, but they had 250, or the great... Uh, Hechel Shlomo, the Temple of Solomon, but they had 250 synagogues in Jerusalem of a town of 60. Here he is, beaten, bruised, bloody, half dead. Here comes a lawyer, a scribe. He wrote the law. He knew every jot, every tittle. He walked by, and the law didn't even notice that being there. Who came next? Pharisee. Pharisee looked on him. Pharisee scoped him out. Pharisee wanted to see if he measured up to being our little tribe of Levi. Huh? See, he was checking him out to make sure he was fit to be in our little tribe. Scoping him out. Open him out. Make sure he was clean. He clean. He clean in the health department, baby. Hallelujah. But he, he, he had a dilemma on his head. If he'd have touched him and got any kind of body fluid off of him, onto him, he would have been excommunicated from the law. Everybody say, thank God for Samaritans. That's part Jew and part Gentile. So that's Mahaney. He went up there. Say, come on, Bubba. I'll help you. Come on. I'll help you. Mac, it's you next. I wouldn't be laughing. Hallelujah. Now look what he told him. He said, here's two pence, enough to take care of the two days I'll be gone. That's, boy, that's a prophetic statement. But listen to what else he told him. If that's not enough, I'll take care of the rest when I get back. You know what he was trying to tell him? He may need more than just one hand. He may fall into the ground. But if he does, I've got another touch for him. And another touch for him. And another touch for him. And another touch for him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. God, we've, we've came tonight. Why mess around come to church on Saturday night? 
if we're not going to have a touch of God. You could be at the mall. You could be at Burlington Coat Factory. You could be at Walmart. Come on. You could be out to the creek fishing. What's that about that? In the North Carolina for <laughs> With all your homespun colloquialism, your polysyllabic terminology, your insipid platitudinous colloquialism, I'll come and be taught of you. You could be at the creek. Creek, creek, what's the difference? What's the difference? Why would anybody come up to a cage with a grizzly bear and just keep poking it with a stick, trying to torment that? Hallelujah. But we've come this Saturday night, and he's here. I don't want to leave here without touching him. Remember, remember when Jesus rebuked them for carrying burdens into the temple and, and going through the temple with their burdens? See, there was a shortcut between the pool of Bethesda and the pool of Siloam, and they'd pass through there. And what he was rebuking them for was bringing burdens to the temple and leaving the temple with your burdens. You're not supposed to come to the temple with your burdens and take them home. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, you're supposed to bring your burdens to him and lay them down. Remember, remember when uh, Joshua was fooled by the Gibeonites? They got old shoes and moldy bread, and they fooled him. See, they thought they could make him believe they was old time because they was trying to put on old time and look like old time. Hallelujah. But old time Pentecost... The lady don't look like a Christmas tree blew up in her face. Old time Pentecost, our boys don't run around that twinkie, lip-wristed. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? This may be the last. I'm in a movie right now. I'm in a movie right now, and I've had calls from all over the country called Detroit Rock City. Back about a decade ago, the rock group KISS came to where I was at, and, and we got into an eyeball-to-eyeball debate with them. I mean, I got right up in Gene Simmons' face and said, what you're doing is wrong! And they videoed that, and, and uh, they done a movie about KISS, and I'm in the famous movie right now called Detroit Rock City. Had a Jewish friend of mine call me. He's an attorney over in Chicago. He said, I got one question for you, Reverend Mahoney. Did they get your written permission to use your image in that movie? And I said, no. He said, really? They owe you several $100,000. I said, final answer, hallelujah. <laughs> and I said, you're kidding me. And I said, I don't have any money to hire a lawyer. You know, I know your friend. He said, I'll take it on a 30% contingency. I said, go get him. He said, but what if we don't get any money? I said, I want to do it for the rumble. I'd like to get in the rumble one more time. With those people that's blowing the minds of our kids. Hallelujah. Come on, I'd like to tie it up one more time with those people that's telling our kids, it's okay for our boys to be gay. It's okay for our girls to give their bodies to whoever, whatever man that wants it. I said, let's go get, I want to rumble with them. Hallelujah. I'm tired of what they're doing to our kids. Come on. While they was cleaning up the bodies and the carnage in Little to Colorado, the music and the video people was putting the money in the cash register. I'm tired of them killing our kids. I'm tired of them selling our kids out. And we come to church and we just sit there and say, ain't it a shame? We need to get up and we need to touch him. We need to get the salt and get us a drink. 
I don't care how much they get that moldy bread. It's not old time Pentecost. If they don't baptize in Jesus' name, if there's not a change in your life, if you don't believe in one God, if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost like they got in the second chapter of the book of Acts. The book of Revelation said, if any man, everybody say, if any man. It didn't say if an organization, if a district, if a section, if a church. This move of God tonight is predicated on if any man. And, and when they use the word man there, it's ish, which means that it doesn't mean gender, male or female. It means the species. If anybody will touch him. If anybody. If anybody. I'll open the door and I'll come in and sup with them and they can sup with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm hungry for a move of God. I've just been back from Israel about three and a half weeks. There's probably a dozen places that we go on our tour that when Brother Walls and I walk into the place, the owner of the hotels and the restaurants, Reverend Walls, Reverend Mahoney, come on back. And they set a big old table. And they bring out, I, I, I make my wife taste all that stuff. Hamas. It's so good, I get hungry for that food over there. Ain't it wonderful, Brother Joe? <laughs> I walked down there one night, was in the headquarters hotel over there, and he was just kind of poking at that stuff with a fork. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just kind of poking at it. I get hungry for that camel hunt. It's not camel hunt. But they take the challah bread that's, that's made of fine flour. That's a type of Jesus. Perfection. No lumps. No defects. Unleavened. No sin. It's pierced. Come on. If you look at that bread, it's pierced and it's got scratch in it. And they take that bread and they set it down. And they put all the food in the middle of the table. You don't get you a plate. They put all the food right in the middle of the table. They take a big platter of hamas and, and uh, stuffed uh, grape leaves. And... Awesome. Baklava. I mean, that baklava is real sweet. I was standing at Ben Yehuda Street one day in a big old pastry shop. You've been to Ben Yehuda Street. And, and they had a big old pastry shop. I heard an old Jewish man looking at those pastries. He had probably a diabetic. And he looked at those pastries and he said, those pastries have killed more Jews than the Nazis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They bring out shish kebab. What's those pointed sticks they put them on? Yeah, they put them on those pointed sticks and they'll put a piece of they'll put a piece of lamb and then they'll put a they'll put a big olive and they'll put an onion and and a mushroom and they'll put a piece of chicken. All it. Make you slap your grandma. And they'll set that down. And nobody gets a plate. Everybody takes the bread and you tear it off and you. Mm. 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 It's called the common fellowship. It's called the common fellowship. Jesus said, I'm the bread. You know what he's saying? Everything that bread is to the hungry, I am to the spirit man. What do you mean the bread? Well, he was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, the house of bread. He grew up in Nazareth, which means the shoot, out of dry ground. Most of his interaction, most of his battles, verbal battles he had on the Mount of Olives, that's Aruna's threshing floor. Not the Mount of Olives, but the Temple Mount. That's Aruna's threshing floor. The bread was being threshed out. Hallelujah. Come on. He went down. He went down into the Sheol, Hades. And that was the bread in the fire. He came up. And that was the bread coming up. Every time he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke it, he passed it out. He was taken from the bosom of the Father. And can you imagine the God of heaven? floating around in the embryonic fluid in a little virgin girl's body, growing eyebrows and fingernails, God being formed in a virgin's body. Hallelujah. You know why? So we could consume him. 
and draw strength from him. Hallelujah. But if you wanted special fellowship, everybody say special fellowship. What you would do is you'd reach over and you'd take that bread. I could see the hand of the Messiah that was soon to be nail-pierced. Pulls off a piece of that challah bread. And he dips his salt. Bread saturated with lamb juice. First it was a lamb for a man, then it became a lamb for a family, then a lamb for a nation, then the lamb for the world. He was saturated with his purpose and his cause and the nature of the lamb was in him. Hallelujah. And he takes it and he walks over to Judah's special fellowship. Special fellowship. Come on. If we were supping tonight and, and I wanted to fellowship somebody special, I wouldn't say, dig in there, Bubba. I'd pull it off and I'd dip that bread, that him, and the lamb juice. And I'd take it over and I'd say, here, I want to fellowship with you. I want to fellowship. I don't know how he can satisfy every need all at one time. I don't know how we, we get in the spirit. One over here can be healed while another one over here. You know, he can heal one while he's rending the other. He can make one laugh while he's making the other weep. I don't know how everybody, I know he opens his hand and satisfies every living thing. There's over 12 million species of different living things on the earth today. I don't know how he satisfies my need, same time he's satisfying yours. But what he does in the midst of all the fellowship, in the midst of all the getting down, you know what he does? He comes up with some special fellowship. Hallelujah. 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 Special fellowship. Look at what I've got for you boys. I've got special fellowship. Special fellowship. And we sit there scratching our head, picking our nose, thumbing through our books, wondering who's going to win a washer and drown on the prices, right? Hoping to God somebody don't beat you to the video store and get the tape you want. Or a million times worse than video or television ever been to the internet. We, we reject the lessons and, and swallow the words hook around the We've got to have some wisdom. We've got to have special fellowship. Everybody say in the middle of all this. Say in the middle of the beautiful choir singing. In the middle of all Brother Godair's comments. In the middle of what this is, Mahane is trying to make this pastor a sermon. In the middle of all this, while everybody's being satisfied, he's taking the song. They say, Here. Come on, why don't you just lift your hands and say, God, reach the sop towards me. God, I want your touch. I want the move of your spirit. Come on, just lift your hands and say, God, reach that sop towards me. Come on. Come on, just sop up all the lamb. Get, I want all the lamb. I want that lamb until I get the nature of the lamb. I want that lamb until I become like the lamb. Hallelujah. Come on, just sop it all up. Get a hold of it. Come on, he, he's satisfying everybody. And while he's doing all that, he's reaching something special to you, saying, I've got that touch, that special need you have. I saw you when you prayed, my daughter. I saw you when you feared, my son. I've got that special need. I've got that special touch. Come on, after the sop. After the sop, Ruth went out and become the grandma of Jesus Christ. After the sop, Judas went out and killed himself. Come on, the sop's here. What are you going to do with the presence of God? Good God, don't sit there and have another Saturday night service. We don't need just another revival. You had one a while back with Brother Kinsey. We need a shaking. We need God to change us. fly all the way out here trying to get all this stuff in a seat that wide to come and have five services. I came out here for a revolution. My God, it's time to get it plugged in. It's time to touch him. 
I want seven or eight of our women that know how to take hold of this thing, that know how to get a hold of God. I want our women to step out in the aisle and begin to walk around here and begin to pray and say, God, we need a touch of your spirit. We need, come on, daughters of Zion. Where's the daughters of Zion at? Come on, step out here and say, we will not have just another revival. Come on, walk around this place, ladies. Pray this thing open. Come on, Ruth. God saw you in Moab. Come on, Ruth. Boaz saw you in Moab. He's brought you to the field of your dreams. He's brought you to the place of your purpose. You was a little Gentile, a pagan, a heathen without hope. And God said, bring her in. the process without the seed without the shoot come on without being cut down without the fire without the oven bread is not bread and God has taken us through all the process to get us to where we're at without the grinding there'd be no flour without the fire there'd be no cooking come on ladies I don't want just another little polite prayer meeting I want you to move into travail come on there's a revival baby that God's been trying to have in this church for about three years now I want you to move into travail for this revival come on I want you to pray until it hurts I want you to pray until sweat runs down your face I want you to pray until away the layers. Pray until God takes off the costumes. Pray until God removes the makeup. Come on, pray until pride falls and selfishness falls. That's it. Just stop where you're at, ladies, and touch God. Come on. Come on, daughters of Zion. I want you to get a hold of this thing. Grab it by the corners. Come on, let's travail. When Zion travails.
Come on, let the Holy Ghost take away the costume. Let him take away the facade. Let him take away that mask that we wear. Let us be real and vulnerable and fall into his arms and say, God, we got to have a revival in July of 2000. We got to have a revival. Everybody to join these ladies around the front. Everybody step out and come and join these ladies. Come on, daughters, move up close to the front. Move up so people can get up. Come on, move up. Come on, men, get close to your wife. Get up around your daughter.